The epistle for this fourth Sunday in Lent, Laetare Sunday, is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 4. Brethren, it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a slave girl and the other by a free woman. And the son of the slave girl was born according to the flesh, but the son of the free woman in virtue of the promise. This is said by way of allegory. For these are the two covenants, one indeed from Mount Sinai, bringing forth children unto bondage, which is Agar. For for Sinai is a mountain in Arabia, which corresponds to the present Jerusalem, and is in slavery with her children. But that Jerusalem which is above is free, which is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that dost not bear, break forth and cry, thou that dost not travail, For many are the children of the desolate, more than of her that has a husband. Now we, brethren, are the children of promise, as Isaac was. But as then he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also is it now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave girl and her son, for the son of the slave girl shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Therefore, brethren, we are not children of the slave girl, but of the free woman, in virtue of the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the sixth chapter of the gospel of St. John. At that time, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is that of Tiberias. And there followed him a great crowd, because they witnessed the signs he worked on those who were sick. Jesus, therefore, went up the mountain and sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. When, therefore, Jesus had lifted up his eyes and seen that a very great crowd had come to him, he said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to try him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not enough for them, that each one may receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a young boy here who has five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are these among so many? Jesus then said, Make the people recline. Now there was much grass in the place. The men therefore reclined in number about five thousand. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, distributed them to those reclining, and likewise the fishes, as much as they wished. But when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments that are left over, lest they be wasted. They therefore gathered them up, and they filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. When the people therefore had seen the sign which Jesus had worked, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. So when Jesus perceived that they would come to take him by force and make him king, he fled again to the mountain himself alone. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, in the last three years, as you know, um, the times in America have been more economically difficult because of inflation. Inflation has gone up between 6 and 7%, according to some statistics. When the years pass, it's been hovering much more around 2%. And especially food prices have gone up. Um, it's 
the inflation rate apparently for groceries is between 10 and 12 percent. Everybody's noticing the price of food at the grocery for things like eggs and, and, and meat. Meanwhile, of course, because of this inflation, uh, the, the cost of living has gone up. Here in, in Denver, Denver is one of the most expensive places to, to live your life. It's from statistics that, that I looked up, it seems that, that Denver, living in Denver is more expensive than 83% of the rest of the country. Meanwhile, when there are more economically difficult times, it's particularly traditional Catholics who suffer because of the fact that traditional Catholics are, are trying to live their life in, in the way that, that God has de- designed, in the way that, that God has designed the family. Um, they're trying to have a faithful relationship with, with their wife for till death. They're trying to welcome um, all of the children into this life that God wants to bless them with. They're trying to, to live off of a single income because they, they want their, the mothers of their children to, to actually, um, raise their children, be with their children, uh, rather than handing their children over to, to some worker at a daycare who, who draws a salary to, to take care of the children. And you know that in the, in the 1950s, we may say in the United States of America, society was set up to make it economically viable to have that traditional family model. Um, the, the, those types of families were accommodated, whereas today women are expected to pursue a career and earn money alongside their husbands instead of, instead of being the so-called trad wife uh, that, that people talk about today where, where she stays home and, and takes care of her children. We, Catholic teaching tells, tells employers that they have a duty to give what's called a just wage. And a just wage is simply giving, giving to a person what they need in order to survive. And they have to give, they're supposed to give injustice to their employees, um, what is necessary for them to survive. And in the case of, of the head of a, of a family, to, to give to him what he needs to supply for the needs of his family. And perhaps this was, Something that was, was in the optic of employers in times past of CEOs, but certainly it, it's not today. Pe- people do not, employers do not look at, at, at uh, the, the family unit of the employee when, when they assess how much they give them in their salary. And so it, it makes it much more difficult for those, those families that are trying to live a traditional Catholic family life. So we, we ask ourselves, what, what should families do in this situation and more difficult economic times that we are living through right now? And of course, it's so important for us who, who have the Catholic faith and, and are seeking to fulfill the plan that, that God has for us in this life to have a supernatural response to these sorts of situations and in, in this, in the case of this situation, the, the answer of the church as to what we should do for us is very clear. We should go to Joseph is, is what the church tells us. You know that the patriarch Joseph of, of the Old Testament, he was sold into slavery by his brothers and, and when he got into Egypt, he, he was later on put in prison because of a false accusation. And while in prison, um, it was learned that he was very good at, at interpreting dreams. 
And Pharaoh had a dream. Nobody can interpret it. So they, they fished Joseph out of the prison, and they reviewed, Pharaoh told him his dream. And Joseph accurately interpreted the dream as meaning there would be seven years of plenty in the land of Egypt and seven years of famine. Because of Joseph's ability to interpret the dream, and also because Joseph turned out to be a very, very good administrator, Pharaoh decided to make Joseph in charge of the entire sort of agricultural economy of the country of Egypt. And the seven years of plenty went by. Um, Joseph kept on putting more and more wheat into, into storage, waiting for the seven years of famine. And then when the seven years of famine came, uh, people were running out of food more and more. And they, and they would go to Pharaoh and, and they would say, I'm dying. We, we have no, we have, my family has no food. I, I, I need food to eat. And Pharaoh would say to the person, go to Joseph, go to Joseph. Joseph will, will take care of you. And, and Joseph would speak to them. It's like, well, what do you have? What can you provide um, in exchange for food? And I, and I will feed you. And he, and he drew the wheat from the barn. And therefore, the Egyptians survived this great famine. But it, it wasn't just the Egyptians that Joseph was able to provide for. He was also able to provide for his own family. His 11 brothers, who had sold him into slavery, were also suffering from the famine in the, the land of Judea, uh, in the land of Canaan. And so when, when they had no food, they heard that there was food in Egypt. They went to Egypt, and who did they find in Egypt? They found their own brother, Joseph. And Joseph convinced Pharaoh to help those same brothers who had sold him into slavery. Um, he talked Pharaoh into giving them a certain region of Egypt, the land of Jessen, where they could pasture their flocks and survive in the midst of this famine. So in the end, the patriarch Joseph was an incredible provider. He provided food to people who would have died of starvation with, without his services, including his own family members, his, his 11 brothers who had sold him into slavery, and their families. Meanwhile, you know that, that when God sent his own son on this earth, he willed that his son be born into a family. He gave him a mother, Our Lady, and he gave him a foster father who bore the same name as this patriarch Joseph, Saint Joseph. And Saint Joseph's story, his, his name was Joseph not by accident, but because his story is very similar to the story of the patriarch Joseph. There's a certain parallel between the two. You know that, that Saint Joseph also had to flee to Egypt, as the patriarch Joseph did. He also, as, as the breviary said, heard a tongue that he did not understand and had to labor with his hands. This appears in the breviary from a few days ago. And Saint Joseph had the role of the head of a family. What is, what is the father of a family supposed to do? What is one of the, the most important duties of the father of a family? It is precisely to provide for and protect his, his children, his, his wife and his children. That, that, that is what the head of a, of a family do, does. St. Joseph was extremely conscious of this fact, that God had given his own son and his mother to him. 
and that it was his job to provide for them, to protect them, to take care of them, no matter what happens. And what happened was that um, it, it wasn't, wasn't the brothers of our, of our Lord that betrayed him, but it was, it was King Herod, who was after our Lord, wanted to kill our Lord. You know, the, the, the brothers of Joseph, originally, their original plan was to kill Joseph, and then they decided just to sell him into slavery. But Herod, he wanted to kill our Lord. And so St. Joseph had to take our Lord and Our Lady in the middle of the night and flee to Egypt, uh, a place where, where he, didn't, he didn't understand the language. It was, was kind of like if you were in a situation where you, you had to suddenly flee the country, somebody was after you, you had to go down to Mexico, um, you didn't speak Spanish, and you, you had to try to find a job, you try to, try, try to make a living, try to find some way to subsist. Um, in, in this other land, a place where they wouldn't be able to find you. That was the situation with St. Joseph in the land of, of Egypt. We don't know how long he was there, but we do know that he was able to provide for our Lord and Our Lady during that time. And just as the patriarch Joseph was, was not only able to provide for the Egyptians, but provide on a grander scale um, so too with, with St. Joseph. Because what, what was happening? He, he was not storing up sort of wheat in barns um, that later would be dispensed to the people, but he was protecting our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life, who came on this earth in order to be our nourishment, our super substantial bread, our daily bread, as we say in the Our Father. He was preserving our Lord from his enemies so that one day he could um, feed the world with his own flesh and blood and lead them into eternal life through this nourishment. We have today in the, in the gospel one of the two multiplications of, of loaves of our Lord where he miraculously feeds people. And he, he did this precisely as, as a certain symbol of, of the Eucharist, of, of the fact that he would provide nourishment for everybody who wanted to save their souls. Um, in that same chapter, you know, John chapter 6 is a very famous chapter in the New Testament because our Lord, on the next day, he has this long explanation of the Eucharist. And one of the things that he says is, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall not hunger, and he that believes in me shall never thirst. So what was, what was St. Joseph doing over all these years? He was nourishing the bread of life. He was providing for and protecting the bread of life that would be given to the human race and to this day is given to men that they might live forever. In 1889, Pope Leo XIII wrote an encyclical about St. Joseph, and he talks about this role of St. Joseph as the protector and provider of the Holy Family. He says, St. Joseph set himself to protect with a mighty love and a daily solicitude his spouse and the divine infant. Regularly by his work, he earned what was necessary for the one and the other for nourishment and clothing. He guarded from death the child threatened by a monarch's jealousy and found for him a refuge. In the miseries of the journey and in the bitternesses of exile, he was ever the companion, the assistance, and the upholder of the Virgin and of Jesus. 
So while St. Joseph preserved for us the bread of life, but his role does not even stop there. Because of the fact that he is the head of the Holy Family, he's necessarily also a protector and a provider for the family of our Lord, for we may say the extended family of our Lord, the mystical body of Christ. He took care of the physical body of Christ, and, and God also wants him to take care of the mystical body of Christ. And it's for that reason that, that St. Joseph is also, in a way, our provider, our protector, our father, um, in, in, a, in the capacity that God has, has given to him uh, to, to be in this role as the head of the Holy Family. This is why we, we go to St. Joseph with a great confidence. This is why he was named the protector of the church by Pope Pius IX. We have, uh, of the Society of St. Pius X, one of, one of the practices we have to, to manifest our confidence in St. Joseph, especially St. Joseph will provide for our material needs, of all the many material needs we have around the world uh, with, with our chapels and our buildings and our schools and, and all these things. Um, we add a prayer at the end of the rosary in, in all of our chapels and priories, this, this prayer that was composed by Pope Leo XIII, the To Thee, O Blessed Joseph prayer, that, that you hear here when, when you come uh, early enough for Mass and, and pray the rosary with, with everybody. And today, after Mass, we will be renewing the consecration of the Society of St. Pius X to St. Joseph, consecration that I believe was first done in 2019. Just to, to manifest, as I say, this confidence in St. Joseph, this belief that we have, that St. Joseph plays a very special role in providing for our material needs, and that if we go to him, if we go to Joseph, um, he will take care of us. So you too, my dear faithful, you too, you, you must have this belief, you must have this confidence um, in St. Joseph. If, if times, especially if times are financially difficult, it's, it's good for you to pray to him on a regular basis, particularly in this month of March, to, to go to him. You fathers of families, you can say to St. Joseph, St. Joseph, I, my life is, is similar to, to you. Like you, God has given me, he's given me a wife, he's given me children to take care of. I have, I have these souls entrusted to me. I must, I must feed them, I must clothe them, I must protect them from the dangers of this world. It's, it's a huge task. It's, it's more challenging, perhaps, today than it has been in the past. Um, please assist me, please help me. We must have this, this great confidence. St. Joseph is not some random person. Um, he has precisely been given a special power by God to assist us in these things. So let us have recourse to him in our affliction. Let us confidently invoke uh, his patronage. And just as, as he took care of, of our Lord and Our Lady so well, he will also take care of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.